Welcome to PCTY Talks, a new podcast from the human capital management software provider, Paylocity. I'm your host, Sherry Simpson, and as an HR program manager at Paylocity, I will be navigating our journey together as we explore bite-sized topics around HR thought leadership, compliance, diversity and inclusion, and product knowledge. If you have an idea for a future podcast topic, please drop me a note at pctytalks at paylocity.com. On today's episode, I had the opportunity to sit down with VP of User Experience here at Paylocity, Dan Hassenplug. Dan, thanks for taking the time to join me today. You bet. So back in February, before COVID lockdown travel, I attended this conference called X-Impact in Orlando, and it was all about employee experience. One of the sessions was focused on user experience design thinking and your digital employee engagement experience. I found the topic really fascinating because at Paylocity, we are so focused on our customers as co-creators of our product. So I was hoping we could start our discussion today with kind of centering around, like, what are the basics? What is UX and what role does it have in delivering software? Yeah, so when you think about um, you know, user experience, I, I love the, the topic of the, the conference material that you listened in on, because I think it is this end-to-end journey of um, what a user goes through, whether that's with a software product or um, an experience in uh, another environment, like a retail store, et cetera. You know, our goal is really to focus on understanding the end users' unmet needs, um, knowing who they are and how to solve the problems for them. And specifically in the software space, you know, we're typically um, doing that upfront uh, ahead of when the engineers start developing the software and trying to help envision what that future could be. And frankly, checking back in with those users to make sure that we are hitting the mark and learning and iterating along the way. Yeah, the way we we like to talk about it here is uh, customers as co-creators. So can you dive in a little bit to how we approach product design with that customer's co-creator methodology? Yeah, so at Pelocity, um, we consider ourselves to be an agile software shop. If you're familiar with that term, it really means that um, we work in short uh, sprints, typically two weeks long where we're just trying to um, ship some code, as they might say, and learn from that and get better and iterate in shorter, um, quicker cycles, as opposed to a longer form uh, project that might be considered waterfall. Um, And the way that which uh, we kind of practice user experience within that agile space is um, really defined by this idea of customer's co-creator, where we start off really trying to truly deeply understand what our customer's needs are, And we listen to a multitude of, or we pay attention to a multitude of factors in that. We look at usage data, we talk to our customers, um, we listen to um, or get details from phone calls that come into our service department. Um, And so our ability to continue to innovate, retain current clients and uh, beat the competition, et cetera, is all a part of that upfront discovery phase. But most importantly, we consider our customers to be at the center of everything that we do. And so as we um, start to think about building a new product, we talk to those customers, look at that data, and we do that first iteration. Typically, it's something that's not a full-fledged solution. It's not something that um, we take to general availability or give to all of our customers yet. Uh, And we iterate from there, um, and we put it in front of our customers and get their feedback. And then we sprint again, iterate some more, and continue to do that until we feel that we have a viable solution where we can go to general availability. And through that process, it's really important to us to get confidence 
in um, the solution hitting the mark and solving for a customer's unmet need. And so we use it ourselves typically as our own customer and we give it to customers um, to use all before we actually release it to the broader general public. And that would mean like when we built our recruiting product, we had thousands of applications received and thousands of people hired. Uh, or in learning management, we had tens of thousands of hours of courses completed. So we knew we had confidence, we were hitting the mark and we actually solved the customer's problem. Really at the end of the day, it's all about taking these short iterations to get feedback and solve the customer, you know, solve the customers I'm need. I don't think employees are uh, too far off from from customers if I if I put my you know HR hat on and and I think in fact that um, they they want to crave that same sort of experience and thought process that goes into what you produce for customers. Um, in fact, we've we've talked a lot in previous episodes about listening to employees and creating intuitive intuitive experiences. What do you think we as HR professionals can learn and implement from the way UX professionals approach product design? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, it's really about trying to do things in those smaller iterations and getting feedback as opposed to, you know, um, coming up with what the new retro performance cycle might look like um, in its entirety and then dropping it on, you know, a team or a group of employees, um, how do you invite them to be a part of the process and crafting it so that you know that you're actually solving for um, what they need and it also meets your needs? You know, I really think that when people are a part of that creation process, it's much more successful. And I would say it's even more important in the employee aspect of things um, where you're sitting right next to them. Um, you're sitting side by side, might be in the same building or at least a Zoom call away in, in these uh, times of remote work. Um, but having them be a part of it guarantees almost that it will be successful because they'll have a hand in giving feedback prior to it just being uh, dropped in their laps. So UX is about understanding people and then designing something with them in mind. Sounds a lot familiar on how HR thinks about creating programs, benefit offerings, employee experiences. Um, overall, the concept I don't think is something at the core HR professionals don't know, but the execution is something we can definitely improve on. You know, personally, I, I think about all the projects and initiatives that I've rolled out prior to Paylocity that were based on limited employee feedback and heavily on leadership feedback. Um, and the programs were for employees. And, and it definitely followed that waterfall model where, you know, the product was already buttoned up and ready to go. How have you seen the approach that you've talked about thinking about employee experience come to life in, you know, some of the HR professionals you work with here internally? Because I think they do take that approach of uh, attempting to put the employee at the core. Yeah, I think, you know, when it comes down to um, designing those programs and thinking about it um, in, an, in a more agile way, um, it really, I guess it comes down to being okay with iteration and change that you may not get it right the first time. And often I think we're striving for what's the plan and then let's go and execute as opposed to um, how do we get two weeks smarter uh, with what it is that we're trying to do and being okay with some of the change that needs to happen. And I, you know, I suppose in some cases you can't actually do that all the time, but the idea should be that by, you know, getting groups of individuals together, the actual consumers of the product, the people who are going to be impacted in the end of it, getting them as a part of that creation process and iterating with them uh, is the key part. And yeah, I've seen us be successful with that at Pelosity in terms of 
writing our values and having um, you know, cross-functional groups that could go and pressure test and really think about the words. And um, it took us maybe longer than we would have liked, but ultimately the outcome of it was far more successful because we knew that we had buy-in from individual employees at all levels of the organization um, and truly um, like believed in what we were creating. And it made the rollout of that actually that much easier, I think. I think that's a great example. I, I think about, too, how um, how our HR professionals work with the leadership in our organization. You know, I, I think that um, the iterating often and showing work in progress is really important. I think sometimes we we miss the mark in thinking that um, we have to have it buttoned up. <laughs> and and like you said, feedback from from both, you know, leadership to the business you're supporting and you know, employees who are going to be consuming the end product are, are both as valuable and it gives you the chance to iterate quickly. Um, before we wrap up, any any last thoughts from from your perspective on um, key takeaways or, you know, your mic drop moment for somebody listening, if they can implement, you know, this today, it will make them so much better in, in designing programs. Yeah, I think something you just said there um, about being comfortable to work in that draft mode or in the lower fidelity, as we would say in user experience. I actually think that employees will give you a whole lot more permission to work in that lower fidelity because they have a hand in crafting it. And um, that actually then, again, builds up that sense of buy-in and engagement with the employees that they have a hand in creating it. Um, and so I think being comfortable working in that lower fidelity, iterating more frequently, um, getting in front of your end user, and in this case, it's the employees of all levels and all varying areas of the organization, will help create a better outcome that you're driving towards with whatever HR program that you're trying to create. And ultimately, give the employees an experience that um, feels more true to who they are uh, and more true to the company culture and where they want to be uh, working every day. I like that you brought up culture because I, I think that, you know, one program, while it might be successful in, you know, organization A, might not be successful in organization B. And um, I know I'm not the only HR professional who who keeps, you know, a hard drive or a Dropbox full of, you know, things I've used in the past, but getting that feedback is going to be so important for success um, in, in future programs. Yeah, and I would say that it doesn't stop, too, with the launch of that program. Um, one of the things that we do in, in product and user experience at Velocity is we continuously get feedback after we launch something. We don't stop. It continues to go in those two-week cycles. And so, you know, you should be thinking about that program that you just launched. Where are we at today? Uh, we're two weeks smarter. Is it as successful as I want it to be? What could I be modifying even after you might think it's done uh, to keep on innovating it, uh, iterating it forward, and getting more feedback on it to make it better? Yeah, and and the data that you can collect can come from a, a variety of places. I know that we've talked a lot about diversity recently, and um, I think that's a, a unique layer to bring into thinking about your programs. And maybe you have something right now that's working really well, um, but like you shared, Dan, you know, where can we evaluate it? How can we think about it against different metrics or different um, inputs or even different focus groups? You know, maybe you've talked to a subset of employees, but you realize when you when you put on a diversity and inclusion lens that that there's other people out there. Um, while we're on that topic, you know, before I let you go, another question came to mind. You know how how do you guys think about you know diversity and inclusion as as you're designing? What are some things that you think about that we could potentially bring into how we think about programs? Absolutely, I think you know Nat 
um, is, a, is certainly a topic um, that has come up more and more as of late in terms of how we approach the problems that we're trying to solve for our end users. And I think it really is um, making sure that you are um, thinking in an inclusive way. And so um, how do you understand the customers that are out there? You know, Pelosi, we support um, a broad population across the United States of small, medium enterprise-sized businesses. And, um, you know, often we're, we're in our home offices behind our desks and we're, um, we're used to the experiences that we have, but really getting out of our own comfort um, and our own, you know, get into the uh, customer's shoes and think about where they're at. And it might be a manufacturing company where someone's working hourly and they have to clock in and they don't have the opportunity to work from home or thinking about someone who has um, limited access to the internet because uh, they live in a more rural area and how does that impact the design and how fast the page might load. And so kind of thinking about it really broadly as to who those users are um, really is that user experience mindset. And it can be applied in the employee um, area too, you know, where we think about page design, page design and accessibility and um, load speed. You know, if you're thinking from the employee experience perspective around accessibility and um, um, like the way the words and the content that's being chosen uh, in a different way when you think about the entirety of the employee population. Yeah, a, a tip that I actually had learned from your team was. Um, to think about colors as you are creating, you know, we create lots of documents, right? And to put the perspective on of what if somebody's colorblind who's reading this, have you made it easy for them or difficult? So um, there's Absolutely. all those sorts of tidbits that you got to bring into to thinking about programming. But um, I appreciate the discussion, Dan. I, I learned something new. I hope our listeners did. And, um, you know, if you ever want to reach out and, and talk to Dan, he's on, he's on LinkedIn. You can find him there. And um, we'd love to stay connected with any ideas or comments that anybody has on this topic. Thanks for the time, Sherry.